everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great joy, a high honor indeed, to welcome to testimony in a rare exclusive, the Honorable George Walker Bush, 43rd President of these United States and 45th President of these United States, Donald John Trump, and the man who knows them best, award-winning author, inspirational speaker, comedian, and some say the best presidential impersonator in history, John C. Morgan. Starting with you, President Bush, how did you come to know Mr. Morgan? And how has your relationship developed over the years? Can you explain and then, President Trump, if you'll weigh in on the same and finally, John Morgan, sir, your thoughts on both presidents and why? Getting your latest must-read, War on Fear, which we will talk about today, is key to it all. Gentlemen, we are all ears. Well, George, do you want to go first? Well, Donald, I'll I, I tell you, I, if you don't mind, I, 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 I'd like to, you know, see if I can knock this ball out of the park. <laughs> all right, George, hit it. Greetings, everybody. Uh, greetings, Jensen. Uh, by the way, I, I love your name. It sounds very Texan. <laughs> are, are you from Texas? Well, no, I'm not, but I've been told I have the hair to match. Yes. Oh, well, no, no doubt. When, when I met you in, in uh, Washington, D.C., I, I knew this is a, a girl with a heart for Texas, even if even if she's from uh, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you think about that, George? Not funny, George. <laughs> All right, so... Well, I, John Morgan, uh, you know, he's kind of a little uh, walking uh, paradox in uh, in in a body because he he looks like you know different people, but what he says is that his his heart's desire is to illustrate uh, somebody altogether different that you can't see, and that's uh, Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> Well, I know John. I've known him for a few years now. He supported my campaign, of course. Who wouldn't that have common sense? And John's got it coming out of his ears. I think he's a great American and a true patriot. That's all I've got to say until you ask me another question. <laughs> well, President Bush, President Trump, it's such an honor uh, to have you with us today and with Mr. John Morgan, who portrays both of you and beautifully so. Um, what was your reaction when you found out there was someone on this planet that sounded more like you than you, President Bush? Well, you know, I just thought it was weird. But <laughs> yeah, what, what I told him when we met was, uh, if I had a face like mine, I'd be mad as fire. <laughs> <laughs> And President Trump, you are never without words. Your thoughts? There, I am. In, I am unduplicatable. There's no. There's no one that looks like me, and there's no one that acts like me. Not even the inimitable John Morgan. Well, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to thank President Bush 
and President Trump, you certainly do have a way with words, and I thank you for so generously sharing with our listeners today. And now, back to you, John C. Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Your book, War on Fear, what would you do if you were not afraid? How did you come to write it? And what has been your greatest fear to overcome and why? Well, thanks, Jensine. It is such it's a joy to be here and to bring all my characters with me. And uh, I, I'll tell you, fear has owned me during a great portion of my life. In fact, I still fight it. Uh, it's true what they say, that just because you write a book doesn't mean you're through fighting the fight. Um, I, I, I needed to know how to overcome uh, fear of rejection, fear of man, fear of failure, really a whole host of different flavors of fear. And uh, uh, honestly, what happened to me is I was in a worship service at my church one day, and I was asking God why my life looks so different than the lives you see lived uh, by the apostles and those in the pages of scripture. And I just heard it right in my spirit. The Lord said to me, unbelief, unbelief. And right then and there, in the middle of that worship service, I shouted, I declare war on unbelief. You know, I didn't disturb the service or anything, but but right out loud, it's just like I felt like God said, I can partner with somebody like that. I can partner with somebody who wants to declare war on the very thing that hinders so many people. And so um, I began to study and, and try to expose unbelief in my own life and get rid of it and replace it with faith. And it wasn't long after that, just a short period that God revealed fear as unbelief's evil twin sister. And so alone in my home, I shouted now at the top of my lungs, I declare war on fear as well. And then uh, through counsel and um, prayer, I decided that I would write a book because if you're going to fight a war, you, you, you need, you need an army. It's not something you can do alone. And, and I was just pondering what, what, what would it be like if the church were unafraid? What would it be like if men and women did what God told them to fearlessly? It, it really literally could change the world. So I thought, yes, let's get this book out and see if we can inspire a bunch of folks. Amen and amen, and it certainly has inspired me. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to inspirational speaker, comedian, and renowned presidential impersonator, John C. Morgan. His latest must-read, War on Fear. John, this leads me into my next question, which you've answered in part, and that is some of the chapters in your great, and I would say needed read, include the nature of fear, fear of terrors, fear of insignificance, fear of man or woman, just to name a few. So question, what in your view and experience is the one root fear that can open the door to all the rest and why fighting it is really a fight for not only our lives, but the destiny that God has for us? Well, I think the Bible reveals that fear of punishment uh, from God, fear of rejection from God, uh, makes us cower. It's it's one of those things where we don't speak it. It's so terrifying. And we think if we don't try, then we can't fail. And if we don't act like it's all real, 
then we can make it go away. But the truth is, fear is already at war with us, working hard to prevent us from living full in the plan of God and living as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven and living as sons and daughters of the Most High God and fully flourishing and living that John 10, 10 life of the full that Jesus came to give us. Fear chokes it all out and keeps us behind a wall of our own making, of our, of, of our own imagination. You know, fear is just a phantom. It's just a mist. It's, it's just a fog. And if you simply walk confidently through it, it moves completely out of your way. Uh, but it requires faith. It requires trusting God and believing that he is who he says he is and that everything he calls us to do, he will back us up a hundred percent. And you know what? I've found that as my trust in him has grown, that everything I've launched, every endeavor I've dared take on, even though I was previously scared to death to do it, he's been there every step of the way. And so many dramatic and wonderful things have happened as a result of taking what appears to be a risk, but really what's the greater risk? Action in trust of God or inaction defying God. Amen and amen. And that is a great way to look at it. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to John Morgan, his latest must read, War on Fear. John, you contemplated not writing your book, but you overcame your own fear to do just that. How did you do that? You know, um, before I became a celebrity lookalike, which is the quirkiest thing, I, you know, I, I liken it to be being called Balaam's donkey because <laughs> my own personal, you know, I, my own personal paradigm of impersonators was, you know, very donkey-like. <laughs> I just didn't see it as being something complimentary in the least. And uh, I wanted no part of it. But once I knew God was in it, um, then it was easier to say yes, because even though I didn't trust my own paradigm of what it would be like, I trusted Jesus. And so I made the decision based on trusting him instead of what I thought. And it was the same with the book. Um, I, once I knew he wanted me to write it, um, all of the fear, all of the procrastination just melted because I trust him and I, I did not trust myself. I chose not to trust in my own doubts, my own, well, yeah, but, and what if, and yeah, but yeah, this is going to happen back. I just chose and I, well, actually I learned to ignore all of that, all of those voices and simply act on what I believe God was telling me to do, which was write the book. And I think that's easier said than done, John, for most people, because you write in your book that you are also a musician, a worship leader, a singer, and this is what you thought God would have you do, perhaps even pastor. But when God said, be a George W. Bush and then eventually Donald Trump impersonator, you thought, what? You had to wonder, am I hearing God? Is this just me? How do you... What would you share to people that are trying to navigate those types of questions when they have all kinds of other talent, but God is saying, no, go this way? That's an excellent question, Jensine. I, I think that having a devotional life and a prayer life and a worship life, um, in other words, 
staying close to the great shepherd um, makes it to where you know his voice. And it's easier to distinguish between the different possibilities of what you can do. Because really, I could have gone this way or that way. or And, and really, I, I'm faced with a lot of that every day. Do I write a new song? Do I start a program? Do I do this, that? And uh, the best thing I know to do is to pray and then just plunge in. And if I'm going the wrong direction, I, I, I sense a loss of peace. You know, I sense no, this is not the right way. Uh, God directs us by his peace and by his spirit. It's like fine-tuning a radio. You, you, you get to where you can tell which way he's leading. And then, of course, once you sense which way he's leading, along comes fear and doubt and unbelief to try to stop you, but you have to learn. And you can train yourself. And this is what the book helps you to do. It helps you to, to detect where you'll get this, like a red flag in your spirit, like, mm, and you know that's the tempter, that's the liar. You know, certain, certain indications in the way your thought process works that can tell you, this isn't God. This isn't God speaking to me. And so then, you know, rebuke it, ignore it, flee from it. And then the more you do that, the more your spirit becomes sensitive to the voice of the Lord and, and you become literally trained to know uh, his voice, to recognize his, his words. And so it becomes almost like, you know, if you're, if you're um, a kayaker, you, you become skilled at it through practice and you, you get to where you can navigate rougher and rougher waters because you have familiarity. And as we grow in this war on fear, we, we learn, no, oh, okay, that's you, that's the, that's, the, that's the enemy, and you can ignore it. A lot of times fear will actually uh, tell you which way to go because the, the, the loudest fear sometimes will act as a barometer to indicate the very direction you should go. Hmm, that's great. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to John Morgan, internationally renowned presidential impersonator and author of his latest must-read, War on Fear. What would you do if you were not afraid? John, comedians like the late, great Robin Williams ended his life before his time. A brilliant mind, actor, comedic that suffered from depression, alcoholism, and finally suicide by his own hand. That said, and sadly so, what about your book, War on Fear, might have helped him or anyone out there contemplating the same. You know, the greatest image that I try to bear, the, the greatest impersonation that I try to emulate is the one that we're all called to emulate, and that's Jesus. In Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, be imitators of God as beloved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If, if, if you find Christ in your heart, replicating himself through your life, then your self-image, your self-concept is going to be so much greater than someone who gains all of your sense of self-worth through your achievements, your awards, your, your accomplishments. But all of those temporal things come up empty. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, uh, an absolutely great, talented actor, 
uh, achieve the heights. But those things just don't satisfy. And perhaps he came to the end of himself. Perhaps he was searching for a sense of um, self-worth and fulfillment that just cannot be achieved apart from Christ. And I guess, I don't know for sure, but I guess he just came to the end of himself. But for your listeners, I have great news. The creator of life, the giver of life, the inventor of joy, the uh, purveyor of peace, his very name is love, wants to explode in every life and shine forth through your life to make sense out of every dark moment of your history and redeem it and cause all of your ashes to turn into beauty, all of your darkness to turn into light. And if you let him, he'll transform you from the inside out and and then you will find yourself imitating him and his love through the relationships you have with other people. You'll find yourself at war with fear and saying no, not only for your life, but for the lives of others. And it'll just be a joyous lifestyle. And that's the, the kind of comments I'm getting uh, from war on fear. It will enhance their lives and that enhancement can last for eternity. Amen and amen. Well, it certainly has enhanced and encouraged mine, uh, John Morgan. If you had to impersonate the man you call Savior, Lord, and King, Jesus Christ, what does that look like for you, or perhaps more importantly, sound your thoughts? <laughs> uh, it's, it's not going to be with words like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be words like, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. It's going to be words like, can I help you? It's going to be words like, God bless you. It's going to be words like, here, let me list that. It's going to be words of love. It's going to be words that are kind. It's going to be words that are based in patience, but also great courage. It's going to be words of sacrifice for the good of others. And uh, those things don't come overnight. They take time, but they grow. We, we bear fruit day by day. And that's, that's the joy of this life. Under the good of the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And then to, to take that and do comedy. It's a hoot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And thank you, George W., for staying around for this interview. We really do appreciate your input. But back to you, John Morgan, sir. Uh, we talked earlier <laughs> about the fact that you're a talented musician, worship leader, songwriter, and singer. On that note, John, share with our listeners the time you were called on to use that gift, your gift of song, and what happened next. Well, first of all, I have to say I love that you started that question with the words, on that note. <laughs> That's very <laughs> musical of you. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was standing in line to get on uh, a Southwest Airlines flight, and I looked over to my left, and I saw the captain standing there and all of a sudden I heard a suggestion in my spirit bust out in song and I'm like oh no I didn't want yeah. oh no but I, I felt certain it was the Lord so I, I looked over at that captain and I said hey captain and he looked at me and I said I'm proud to be an American and then I just went where at least I know I'm free and I won't forget the men who died and, and, I, and I finished the song and, and at the end of it 
it was it was really funny. Everybody kind of clapped a little, you know, and then and then the whole volume of the room went up as people started chatting with one another and and really what was normal what was a mundane flight that action that that risk taken and done turned the whole flight into a friendlier more vocal opportunity i wound up meeting a a, a guy who is a, a tremendous apologist for the faith who was also on that flight and we've we've uh, become acquaintances now but that has also led to many many more opportunities where i've now kind of made a commitment as i'm as I travel through airports, um, people will say to me, you're going to play a song. You know, they're just kidding. They don't expect it. But when that happens, I kind of take that as a sign and I'll bust out my ukulele. I'll bust out my guitar and pr- and play to an individual. And sometimes I'll get a word of knowledge for that person. Sometimes I'll just encourage them. And I've seen people just, you know, just break out in tears as they feel encouraged by whatever it is I'm singing or saying. And uh, it's it's tremendous. It it really it was like it burst a dam, and opened up a whole new avenue of ministry for me. So many times, little acts of obedience lead to very large opportunities. And we could do a whole interview on instances where that has been the truth. You just never know. One time, I was in the lobby of a hotel, and I felt nudged to introduce myself to this guy, and he introduced me to my wife. Yes. That's yes. in your book. Be obedient, folks. Yes. Uh, that is the key word, obedience. And you took the word right out of my mouth, as it were. And I would also say uh, you're an evangelist, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to internationally renowned presidential impersonator and comedian John Morgan, his latest must-read, War on Fear. Now, both you and your wife come from backgrounds familiar with trauma, and that probably will have to be another interview and the miraculous happenings that would bring you two together, which you just alluded to, now 39 years and counting, if I have that right. Can you elaborate just a little? I I would be happy to, and and I want to do it in this way. Both Kathy and myself were victims of uh, childhood abuse and trauma in, uh, in such a way that neither of us ever thought that we would never be able to get married, never, never thought that we would ever be loved, never thought that we would be able to love. But the good news is that it is through that trauma that we came to need a Savior. And God found a way to pierce the darkness of our lives and introduce to us the hope of Christ. And so as much as it was horrible, our past and the, and the trauma that we experienced, uh, God found us. And, and then, in a series of amazing miracles, brought us to one another. And, and, and every single day is, is a miracle because before I met Kathy, I had uh, an out-of-control life. Even, as, even though I was a Christian, I was kind of living a hidden life and uh, double-minded, involved in pornography and stuff. But when I prayed for a wife and then... Days later, God brought Kathy into my life. He did a miracle in my heart and made me able to love her. And he made my love for her enough and my love for the Savior so that I can say from the day I met her until now, I've been faithful and to God be the glory. Amen and amen. That is a huge testimony, John 
all on its own when pornography and those types of things are pervasive in our society today, and especially with lockdowns and COVID, the abuses that are going on in homes today, your message, War on Fear, is a critical must-read of great encouragement, my view. John Morgan, sir, your life as an entertainer, musician, inspirational speaker, and renowned presidential impersonator has blessed millions across the globe via radio, television, platform, and in print, from that clerk in the hardware store to, quote, W in the White House, you've chosen to shine a light in the darkest of places and times and the best of times. And the endorsements are proof from former Governor Mike Huckabee to Alan Robertson of Duck Dynasty, major corporations, ministries, entertainers, the list goes on. But perhaps the greatest endorsement of all is a successful and blessed marriage of 39 years, which you just alluded to, to the love of your life, Kathy, for whom you dedicate your book, and I quote, to my bride, Kathy, you gave yourself to me. What courage, end quote. John Morgan, any last words of encouragement and hope for our listeners today? Yes, I would say that this is what is on my heart. Uh, the words of Christ are, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so my uh, last words would be to implore you as an audience, as a, as a listener, to let the light of Christ penetrate every portion of your life so that you can be like him, that you can be an imitator of Jesus and a warrior against the fear that keeps you from living fully in the light of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to inspirational speaker, comedian, renowned presidential impersonator, John C. Morgan, who's best-selling War on Fear, What Would You Do If You Were Not Afraid, is a must-read. You can learn more about John Morgan's work, ministry, and mission by visiting johncmorgan.com. That's johncmorgan.com and waronfearbook.com. And get his book, get inspired, and then invite him to speak. You will be exceedingly blessed, refreshed, and given hope that you did. Mr. Morgan, John, if I may thank you for taking precious time to share with all of us your latest inspirational, bold, and humorous must-read, War on Fear, which is exactly just that, a manual, my view, of faith in the face of fear, trust in the God who hears, and pursuit, preparedness, and prayer to round it all out in life and in Christ. You've lived it. You know, and victoriously so, we thank you, and God bless you, and for sure, President Bush and Trump, thank you too. <laughs> You're very welcome. It has been a thrill and an honor. I thank you, and I thank all of your listeners. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. 
If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.